G'day, everybody. It's time for another Saundo and Redders Winter Series podcast. Without any further ado, the great man's here with us, Dan Saunders. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Redders. How are you going? Very well, thank you. A bit cool here in the Central Coast, but no, other than that, not too bad at all. And uh, very, very special guest on a bloke I've known for a, well, more than half our lives, actually. I've known him since we were both young blokes, going way, way back. Um, former first grade Sydney cricketer, uh, Riverina captain, top level umpire. He's done it every, all in cricket. Would you please welcome my dear friend, Kieran Knight. G'day, Kay. How are you? Good, thanks, Redders. How are you? Saundo, good evening. Welcome. Great to see you, mate. You too. Uh, just before we get going, um, Dan, a, a terrific appointment to the NDCA this week was announced on Facebook. Yes, a very um, yeah, awesome um, appointment there. Sharon Beck, the executive manager of the NDCA, so looking after all the administration duties and such. Um, been a fantastic volunteer through a time in cricket in Newcastle with both junior and senior cricket. Um, a massive appointment that that is fantastic cricket in newcastle under the ndca banner will thrive with sharon beck's appointment so congratulations to sharon and congratulations to the ndca it's fantastic news great great to get a positive this early in the season absolutely it is couldn't couldn't agree more it's fa fabulous for all of us Kieran, again, this is this, this uh, podcast tonight to, to, to catch up with you and talk about, I know you want to talk about pathways and umpiring and a lot of other things. Let's go back to the start. Um, how did, give us a bit of a, a background for people that don't know. You've got an illustrious cricket history over many, many years, playing for New South Wales country, captaining a successful Riverina side, playing in premiership sides at, 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 at Balmain. Talk us about where it all started for you and how your career took off. Uh, well, I was just a boy born in, born and raised in Marylands, mate, um, in Western Sydney. So, yeah, Westie at heart. Um, yeah, started playing for my local club. Uh, played a little bit of representative cricket for Parramatta. Uh, then got an invitation to go and trial for Balmain in their Green Shield side as a 15-year-old. Went to there, decided to have the journey into grade cricket as well. So, spent a couple of years in fourth grade, the same year as I played Green Shield. Went right through the grades there. Um, and when I turned about 20, made my first grade debut. Um, and yeah, from from there, I you know, another nine years, uh, first nine, 10 years, first grade cricket. What were the highlights of your first grade career in Sydney? Talk, talk us through what they were personal things. I know I've spoken to you in the off-season about, uh, I know you made some big runs at North Sydney Oval one day un yeah. under enormous pressure. Give us some of the highlights of your first, and then we'll go into country areas. But again, ladies and gentlemen, the main focus that I, at Kieran's request is to talk about um, pouring so forth, but we need to give you some context on th this guy's fabulous career. Go ahead, mate. Um, yeah, well, my first grade debut was against Hawkesbury. Uh, yeah, I took Two wickets in my first over, so I thought, well, first grade cricket's pretty easy. Um, apart from that, uh, I, you know, I'd taken a few fivers and stuff like that along the way. Um, then North Sydney Oval made a hundred. Um, on I was on the verge of being dropped to second grade, and I'd made four ducks in a row. wasn't taking many wickets. I was in about my third or fourth year of grade first grade cricket and yeah was really on struggle street um i was on three that day spoon one back to the bowler 
And I thought, hello, I better get the second grade captain's phone number. Next thing you know, Paul's on the ground. We're at afternoon tea, three not out. And I walked off the end of that day, 104. So um, that was that was probably a big, that was, well, that was probably my best innings in first grade cricket. But, and then after that, sort of just chipped away, um, you know, taking 25, 30 wickets a year. And then our premiership year in 90, uh, I think it was 98, 99, we won the premiership. And um, yeah, I, I took 50 wickets that year, but you know, that was basically, I was probably deemed the weakest bowler in what was a pretty strong bowling attack. I think <laughs> so, that side actually came up in my Facebook feed today on the Quickenec. The Quickenec, there was an article in there and it actually had all the players' nicknames yeah. and yours is there. And holy smoke, it was a terrific bowling lineup. Goodness gracious yeah, well, me. No, this one was a few years later. Oh, that's uh, that a couple of years later. Okay. It was a couple of years later. This one we had uh, Simon Cook, Gav Robertson, Neil Maxwell, and Richard Burton. You know, so there was uh, three really good quick bowlers, a test spinner. And yeah, I was probably perceived as the the weakest link. So they used to go after me, and yeah, I sort of chalked up fifty wickets that year because they were going after me because I couldn't score at the other end. So um, yeah, and that's that's where we that's where I sort of pretty much left it. Next season, I moved down to Aubrey after I uh, won the premiership. Had another season. We finished top four. Then uh, yeah, we moved down to Aubrey. And of course, down in Albury, Dan might not know this, uh, but uh, Kieran has actually got the honour and the privilege of being the only ever Riverina captain to captain Riverina to the state country championships in a game played on an absolute waste field at, of, of a pitch at Cootamundra that looked like a fifth day Mumbai pitch. Uh, it was just <laughs> bare as I was there, so I know. Kieran, that must have been a wonderful experience. Um, and um, Captaining such an outstanding river in a side with our mate Jacko in it as well. Yeah, yeah, it was Jacko was probably should have been named player of the final that day. I, they didn't name them um, back then, but he's seventy-seven on a very very slow Albert Ground pitch um, was was probably yeah it was a very joyful innings to watch, and I was lucky that I was there at the end and got run out with one run to win <laughs> um, but yeah to be the only Riverina captain it's um, it's really a shame because Riverina cricket is a very very strong um, region for cricketing country cricket New South Wales and uh, yeah you'd like this I'd like, really like to see him get more results in the future but uh, you know that's just the being a Riverina um, ex-Riverina boy that's just uh, you know, there's a lot of good blokes down there. There are. They actually had a pretty fair crack at it this year and, and could very well have made the final. Unfortunately, they had it off day on the last day at, on an absolute road at Wade Park. But that, that yeah. that's for another that's for another day. Kieran, um, and I'll hand over to Sondo here to ask a few because he's sitting back there listening to me, Jibba. Talk, oh, talk, talk, talk. Uh, okay. <laughs> Kieran, talk us through how you ended up uh, getting into umpiring before we go where you've been umpiring, but what made you make a decision to get involved with umpiring? Uh, once I finished playing, uh, I had a year off and I'd, I'd done some coaching. Uh, I'd coached Riverina uh, that year. Um, 
up in Tamworth. Um, and I was a very, very frustrated coach um, that I couldn't be, I wanted to be out there. I, yeah, I just, coaching was not for me. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't like it one little bit because, yeah, I just thought I could do the job better if I was playing. Um, and that's probably not a, an attitude a good, a good coach should have. So uh, an old friend of mine, Don Dennis, who was uh, in his late 80s, he badgered me the whole off-season to, to take up umpiring. Um, and he finally got me to go to a meeting, got me to do a couple of games. I was hooked. I just loved being out in the middle. And from there, it's, yeah, I've yeah, been to some amazing places. And what are they? Give give us give us some give us some amazing experiences that that you've had whilst out in the middle. Um, look, I've been to two underage national carnivals, one in uh, Brisbane and one in Bendigo and Ballarat. Um, one was the 17s male youth championships. The other one was the under 18 female down in Bendigo and Ballarat. Two two great weeks of of cricket. Um, I've been able to umpire WBBL. I umpired in the first season of WBBL, which is um, a great honour. Then I did a TV game in WBBL 5. Um, Do you have the hair um, done for it or not? Uh, mate, wore a cap, so, you know. It's... <laughs> not the Neil Smith hair, do No, no. God, I hope, I hope not. No, it didn't look like a straight light. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it was uh, a cap. Yeah, mate, they, yeah. It was probably going to be me only one, mate, because when you've got a head that looks like the three sisters, you, you don't get on TV all that often. So, um, you, uh, yeah, I, I was, that was a fantastic sort of weekend. Um, yeah, and, you know, since I've stepped away from umpiring Sydney, Sydney grade cricket, you know, to come back and I've done two country finals, one at Seaford Oval in Goulburn, the other one at Bowral. Um, Newcastle have been in both, obviously, and won both. Um, yeah, they're they're two highlights, two highlights of my life. Um, and probably doing a, a big bash trial match in Albury in front of ten thousand people. You know, that was wow. That was pretty big. And yeah, you know, I was still living in the area at the time and yeah, at, at my own home ground as well at Lavy Sports Ground. I was going to say that it'd have to be at the magnificent Lavington. So yeah, yeah. that's but that is cool. But those two country finals, Dan, that um, Kieran's talking about, one was played on an absolute minefield, and the other one was played on an underdone Bradman Oval that had had lots of weather in it. And, and Kieran was actually the standing umpire when the last wicket was taken with ACT needing three or four to win. Aiden KL comes in and got one to explode out of a pitch, schnick off and Newcastle won by three from memory. It was a, that was an amazing game of cricket. The, some yeah. of the bowling in that game, Josh Bennett, Hanno Jacobs was just outrageous and Kieran was oh. right in the middle of it. Yeah. They're, they're fun games to umpire. Um, when you, when you're on the, when you're in the action, and you've got to be on your on your game every ball. Um, mentally tiring, but so so enjoyable. It's so much better than a, a three fifty plays three fifty final when there's not much happening. Well, this one was I think one hundred and fifty one to one hundred and forty eight or something like that. It was yeah, one, remarkable. One 
Yeah, well, no, no, God, no, 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 one fifty. That, that, yeah, yeah. that game. Uh, oh, I yeah. might add the country final this year. Well, that was two seventy to two eighty. Was a magnificent game of cricket as yeah. an example. Played on a belter and number one. Yeah. Aaron, the you you wanted to talk about umpiring and pathways. Here's your opportunity, mate. Um, we'd love to hear from you as to what you what where you're going, what you'd like to do, promoting people. We're very lucky. We've got some terrific umpires in Newcastle. We really are, and. You're at the top of the tree, and the amount of work you do with the Umpires Association. Talk yes. us through what 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 do you want to talk about here, and and what do you want to get across to our listeners? Well, firstly, we've got an Umpires course coming up on the fifth and sixth of August this year. Um, that's those dates are booked in. They'll be held at uh, Charlestown Leagues Club, home of the Butcher Boys. Very good sponsors of our Umpires Association. Um, they are. I did my Umpires course there myself. So yes. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, and the, the training will be done, you know, again by Kim Norris with uh, a couple of blow-ins with probably myself and Dan Moran and uh, maybe a couple of other people might come up from Sydney to, to do the training course. Um, it does cost $50. Um, it does go for two days. Um, from there, we, you know, got people who sit the course, I can just say guys, but girls are more than welcome as well. Um, we, you'll sit the course, uh, hopefully pass an exam, get about 75% to become a member of the NDCUA, Newcastle Umpires Association. 85% if you want to become a member of the New South Wales Cricket Umpires Scorers Association. Um, and yeah, from there, we do some field work training as well. You get a great knowledge of the laws. You go through, um, yeah, a whole heap of training at our monthly meetings. You know, as you know, as you're well aware, Dave Kim Kim Norris is extremely thorough with his with his training and making sure everybody's right to go when they hit the middle. You know, Can I just interject there. I'm a trainer in my job of work. I'm a qualified trainer. Kim Norris is one of the best trainers ever that I've ever seen in work or in sport. He's absolutely outstanding nothing is left to chance in fact when i did my umpires test i was filthy that i didn't get 100 okay yeah. that's how that's how well i felt we'd been trained i made one mistake and it cost me three percent but i know that in that same exam sophia richards got 100 in that exam and yeah. sophia is to be fair sophia is cleverer than me that that doesn't take much but i was disappointed that i left kid down because there was nothing left to chance and our training is i can vouch for this the training is superb everything is covered and it's it's drilled into you and it's thorough and it doesn't miss a beat yeah, yeah. And yeah, it can get a little bit um, tedious at times, but it's once you get through all the tedious stuff, everything makes sense at by, you know, the second session on the last day, because everything in the laws of cricket, they all link up back into each other at the end of the day. So and then what we offer, you know, is opportunities you know, in grades, promotion, you know, we we promote people through uh, appointments, you know, and you look at the last couple of years, you know, Phil Ranger and myself have done the last three first grade finals. Um, uh, this year, Scotty Thomas got a go at the uh, Tom, Lockett Tom, Tom Lockett Cup final. Um, Steve Wade did the uh, Summer Bash final with Phil. Um, 
these guys have been performing well for the last couple of years. So, you know, we give got we give people opportunities. Uh, we have we had four debutantes this year in the first grade side. Um, one was Sophia Richards, who's the first female umpire we've had do first grade in about 20 years. Um, which you know, it, uh, it was fantastic, and she did an outstanding job in the West Merriweather game that she did. Um, especially when you got someone like Michael Hogan bowling quite sharp, and you know you've never you've never really had a first class cricketer at your end, and you got that in your first game. So, um, but look, we're we're developing a really good group of umpires, um, and yeah, the pathways are there now and set in stone for the umpires, whether it be male or female that everyone will get an opportunity if you perform well on the field. I think that's one of the things that's great about umpiring in the Newcastle region is that that's exactly the opportunity. And of course, with there's so many more games to do than there were a few years ago. And that now there's um, with, with suburban districts, there's umpires required. Yeah. There's an umpires promised to there as well. So um, yeah. occasionally there's a lot of, there's one or two people out doing different things, but there are yeah. so many opportunities. Do, do you think, Think that the opportunities that you've got in umpiring have actually helped. Uh, uh, what have they done for you? Has it has it helped you? I mean, you've got a very busy you've got a very busy life um, yeah. in doing what you and your wife do. But d- does umpiring? What kind of an outlet has it given you, Kieran? T- talk to us what it means to you personally and professionally. It's it's my sanity day. And that, that might sound silly, but Saturdays are my sanity day. You know, there's, for me, and it's been like that since I was eight years old, the cricket field for me is my Disneyland. You know, that's the happiest place on earth. Um, and that's where I just go out and I enjoy my day. And I think the players get a feel for that, that I'm out there to enjoy myself. Uh, I do, I think I do have a pretty good rapport with, um, I wouldn't say every player, but most of the players on the field. And I think that's why is because I just go out there and I enjoy the game for what it is. Um, Opportunity-wise, yeah, look, it's probably got me so far. Um, Could it have got me further if I wanted to apply myself further? Uh, Yeah, I probably could have, you know, to get somewhere where Dan Moran's going. Um, You know, Dan Moran won the George Borwick medal in... Sydney this year, and that's you know New South Wales cricket's highest honour uh, to win the George Borwick Medal, and you know Dan's doing WBBL and WNCL this year, and he'll probably get a lot more next year, you know, and hopefully in the next four or five years we see him, you know, doing BBLs and Shield games and Mass Cups and stuff like that in the next you know five six years. Talk to us about the influence that Darren Goodges had, not only with yourself, but with with other with other umpires. Mate, Goodge, like he's up there with Kim as one of the best trainers. Um, there's there's no rubbish with Goodge. You know, he he tells he calls a spade a spade. Um, if you underperform, he lets you know. Um, if you're doing a good job, he does exactly the same thing. You know, there's. There's no whips or buts with Gooch. He's uh, he's open. He's honest. Um, he doesn't expect anything of you that he doesn't expect of himself. And you know, when you've got a, a leader like that as your state umpiring manager, you can't ask for any more. If someone's interested in going to training and becoming an umpire, 
what give us a couple of things that if you you had a 21 or a 21 year old or 22 year old that's mad keen understands the game yeah what kind of a, what kind of basic advice do you give someone that a wants to get qualified and then when they start umpire what 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 as an example what's your preparation like you're very thorough you have a lot of gear with you that i see every time uh, that you umpire my sides yeah. What what kind of advice are you giving people, especially when you're you're, you're talking today about the pathways and getting people involved? What yeah. kind of your vast experience? What kind of advice would you give these people? Keep it simple. Um, if you, it's it's one thing we say to every umpire: if you're doing the simple things to a hundred percent of your ability, the rest is easy. Um, and the more simple you keep it, down to six. Look at your playing conditions, read your playing conditions, understand your playing conditions, um, which sometimes in our association can be. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes, it can. <laughs> 967 different. I'm not being critical of anyone, but goodness me, understanding yeah. the playing conditions of one comp to another is a real challenge. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Um, and look, and keep it simple. Know your laws, know your playing conditions. Go out, take all the pressure off yourself, go out and have some fun. Remember, you're just out there to facilitate a game of cricket. And that's all you need to concentrate on. Give out what you think's out, say not out. Um, my old adage, as you've heard me say, Red, is hold the hat, count the six and say not out. <laughs> and that's, that's how easy the game can be. It can be. It's a fascinating game in that 95% of the laws cover about 4.75% of the game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, exactly. Um, there's a lot in the laws that we we don't really use until it comes to finals time. Um, then, you know, you've got to know that sort of stuff then. But, you know, there's, yeah, as you said, you know, like 20% of the laws are the dismissals. <laughs> well, everyone, know, everyone know what's it what's out bold and what's out caught um lbws and stuff like that can be a little bit tricky well getting to that um i don't know how much you can comment because all of us are registered cricket people yeah do you think that the the age that we have where there's so much money in cricket and that drs is being used so extensively do you think that that is helping the game and also helping umpires? Are you allowed to comment on that, Kieran, and give an opinion? Um, yeah, look, I think it does. It does help umpires. It does, because if you have a look at how many DRS um, decisions are overturned, yes, it isn't that many. It isn't that many, which sort of shows that the umpires probably are getting ninety-five to ninety-seven percent of the decisions right. Um, as much as we might disagree with them when we see them on our TV, when you're standing at the bowler's end, it's a completely different view than from watching it from a camera that's poised, you know, 25 metres up in the air. Um, that view you get from 22 yards, that 0.3 of a second, you've got to replay in your head what you've just seen and heard. And if you've got 100,000 crazy... Melburnians or 
Uh, you're, you're, at, you're, you're at a Bunsen burner at Eden Gardens facing Ravi Chandra and Ashwin and Ravindra Dardaja with seven blokes around the bat. But yeah, if you know, and you've got an earpiece in your ear and you, <laughs> you've got, you know, that's, I know the noise I could feel at Albury with 10,000 people and it was difficult to hear. So, you know, if you've got 100,000 people at Eden Gardens, good luck to you. You know, yeah. yeah the ten thousand of the ten thousand people at Levy that day, there would have been eighty nine hundred that have been on the cans all day. Yeah, there would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, if you know Aubrey and I do, they love their sport in that part of well, the world. It's, it's was, a sporting mecca. There was three games that day, so and we were the night game, and there was a WBBL game for points earlier on in the day. A practice match between the the second string. Stars and Thunder, and then the main event, um, the Stars and Thunder, uh, what they called the Border Bash, I think it was. But Border Bash, yeah. 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 Which, yeah. But, yeah. You know, that's – but that's why these guys that are doing test cricket are the best in test uh, – are the best in the game, you know. And their philosophy – a lot of their philosophy is in uh, Paul Wilson, who, you know, is a, a local legend – you know, he's a, he's umpired test cricket. He's he, you know, the test umpires don't think they're perfect, and they know they don't have perfect days. And none of us think we have perfect days. There's always something we can improve on at the end of the day. Even with even with Kim Norris's experience, if he was to go out and umpire, there'd be some things that he could want to improve on at the end of each each match. Um, yeah, what we want to try and get is the our best game and our worst game, if you imagine it as a hill and valley, for that hill and valley to be as close together as it, as it possibly could be. Which is the test, which is a test that comes through for all sports, particularly professional yeah. football, is the more that you are consistent and that young blokes can be wildly differing, you've got yeah. to level that curve. Yeah, and it's the same with all match officials. Like we see a lot of the NRL referees getting bagged week in, week out. The AFL umpires get bagged week in, week out. You know, it's your match officials, you're going to expect bagging somewhere along the line. You know, it's part, it, part. It, it's part and parcel of the gig. You know, but the, the, interesting, the interesting thing is between there is that there is in rugby league, there is a less emphasis on preventing umpire or referee abuse that in yeah. the AFL, they've actually identified it as a major problem. Now, I might add yeah. the AFL across the country, there's three and a half to 4,000 umpires short, so it makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, but, yes, that, that that consistency is very important. Dan, did you yeah. want to ask a question here, mate? I've been gibbering for half an hour with the great men. No, look, it's been great. Again, I've only come to know Kieran over the last three years um, with my involvement, I guess, firstly from doing the commentary for the, for the Frog Box of the NDCA. So, I've heard about a lot of Kieran's history, but not too um, experienced to ask enough about it. But um, I guess focusing on, on Newcastle cricket, especially over the last few years, um, I mean, well, actually the day that I met Kieran was the, the 2021 first grade grand final between West and Belmont. And yeah. Talking about games that you've officiated and you much prefer those real nail biters over 350 runs than yeah. the other team going out. Um how does that grand final stack up against some of the, the finals that you've officiated over the years? Mate, that one's that one was just a fascinating 
that was a fascinating what day and a half of cricket really um so i think we finished just after lunch or what was supposed to be scheduled lunch yeah, just to put it into context for those listening who may not be familiar. So it was Westfield, Belmont, and Harker Oval. Uh, Belmont batted first. And I think hang on, hang on. It was a week delayed, remember, as well. It was played at Easter because Newcastle, that month, that March, it, there were floods everywhere in the state and Newcastle yeah. didn't miss. And Harker was dead set a sponge the week before. So in context, this game's been played a week late. Yeah, it was the only grand final off the other head across yeah. both grade and suburban districts. Um, yeah, Belmont batted first, and I think seven wickets fell in the first session. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Then a 15-year-old Joey Gillard and Jace Lawson, I think, batted the second session without a wicket being lost, just really short up, dropped anchor. Yeah. And in the third session, the final three wickets fell. Belmont, I think, got about 107, 108. Yeah. And 10 overs remaining on day one. West lost three for 17. Yep. So at Stumps, it was like 13 wickets had fallen for about 120 runs. Then West come out there on day two, the following day, and at lunch, they were, I think, nine for 70? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> they still needed 30-odd runs, and if it wasn't for a James King masterclass, that Belmont could have won. I mean, it was the most amazing grand final I've ever seen, and having the privilege of, of like, commentating every ball of that game. And I didn't have Redders with me. Redders um, was indisposed with other commitments. Um, and again, being so early in my, I guess, NDCA career as far as with the with the frog box and, and, and trying yeah. to do a good job. What a, I mean, I know what it was as a game of cricket for a lover of the game and a spectator and someone trying to do it justice. You're out there in the middle. How, how was that experience, I guess, first? And then comparing that to any other sort of finals that you feel have um, been, I mean, for you, as exciting, let alone nerves or just a great game of cricket to be an official? Um, well, I, I compared that grand final to the one we had this year with the Stockton Walls End one um, because really that, that result still could have gone both ways up until, um, up until the lunch break. Um, well, up until Kingy hit the hit the winning runs, really, that game still could have gone either way. Um, and the same with this year's um, grand final, where you know what was at twenty six wickets fell on day one, um, and really it was still it was still game on at afternoon tea, where you know it was only going to be a matter of uh, what two or three wickets and. You know, we could have had a really good run, tra- run chase late on, um, late on on Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, that's that that was probably one of the toughest days cricket I've had umpiring was that day too, and not because there was so much defensive work, but there was turn, there was bounce, um, and yeah, always felt like as an umpire you were going to be in the game, the yeah, same I, as what we did on day one. I imagine you wouldn't from memory, and I know like Redders obviously was there front and centre, but Stockton on, on that day too, trying to get bowl out walls in for a second time, bowled yeah. a hell of a lot of overs of their of their um, classy spin attack. And yeah. and again, I mean they're looking for a wicket every ball and every you know, ball even flicking a pad was probably half appeals. Ball's yeah. going down the outside of the battle of a sudden someone at backward third man's heard a, a tree getting <laughs> Uh, wags in the grandstand are on the hill. So, and again, I guess people don't appreciate 
how in the game the, I mean the umpires is, is the one person who yeah. has to be on for every ball both innings I mean you can go out there and bat for five hours yeah but day two if you're not a bowler I mean you can tune in and out tune in and out the umpire you, I guess you don't really get time to tune out a couple of seconds no. in between balls at best and and I guess you probably don't want to tune out no, well, that's where having a good partner, like someone like Phil Ranger, you, you know, I've, I've done a lot of games with Phil over the last, you know, 10 years. Um, well, Phil and I can look at each other and give it, you know, each other a signal and have a giggle and, um, you know, just to break up stuff in between balls. But we, uh, you know, we've both got our processes where, you know, once we get back into a certain spot, then the mind switches back on and you've, if you need that in a in a quality partner, you know, and you really do need a quality partner if you're doing big games like that. Yeah, no, Phil Ranger, another yeah, fantastic umpire, great bloke as well. Yeah, um, West Tigers supporter, another West Tigers supporter, so he's you know he's a champion. Yeah, we we, we won't be debating that on this particular uh, podcast. Thank you very much. I'll leave that one for you, Bird. Yes, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Kieran, look, we, we both were very keen to get you on here. It's been a ter- terrific just picking your brain and listening to you talking about so many things. Was there any other, any, as we're getting towards the end of the podcast, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or that you wanted to get across to the, 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 this evening? We really thank you for your time. But was there anything else, any other messaging, anything coming up, a reminder of the umpires course, anything like that? Yeah, look, yeah umpires course on the 5th and 6th of August this year. Um, keep an eye an eye out on our socials on Facebook. Um, all the details will be up there in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, look, it's it's a really good weekend. Um, and look, our umpires association, we've got we've got the best group of umpires outside of Sydney. I'm I'm not lying when I say that, um, and I'm not pumping up our association, but. You know, we appointed umpires to 683 games of cricket this year. Wow. <laughs> um, that goes to show how popular our association is. And, you know, that's just not grade and uh, suburban districts. That's school cricket, veterans cricket, youth championships, country championships, you name it. We had an umpire somewhere going to do it. And, um, you know, we had umpires travel to Armadale, Wagga, uh, Dubbo. We had them going everywhere, mate. Um, and that's that's the quality of training we have because as an association, um, we're lucky enough to have Miss Phil and myself on the country panel at the moment. Um, the association's goal is to have five people, four or five people on that country panel in the next five years. Um, and I think that we do have the umpires that are, are good enough to to do it in the future. And, and I can I can verify that as someone that's seen a lot of country cricket in the last goodness me twenty years I suppose uh, I you, you get a feeling for umpires and whether they've got control of the game and consistently Newcastle umpires are, yeah. are are in my mind up there. You throw in you throw in Graham into that mix and we've got some very very good umpires in New yeah. South Wales country. Both, yeah. Sorry, Graham Glazebrook, who's Glazebrook. Yeah. Uh, who's a superb cricket umpire. Yeah. Um, uh, into that mix. Um, Dan, was there anything else you wanted to uh, um, ask Kieran about or talk to Kieran about, mate? No, I think Kieran's, um, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been you know, really informative. It's been great. Um, no, I think I think we've kept it at a pretty good level. I'd, I'd hate to uh, lower that. 
<laughs> doing yourself a disservice Kieran thank you so much for your time um, really appreciate it good luck with everything look forward to seeing you out there in the, uh, at cricket again the, in the next com in the coming years but look thank you can I just say thank you um, not only as someone who you regard as a close friend but thank you everything you've done in cricket both in whites and in colours and also as an umpire and the continuing contribution you make to our game you've been an ornament to the game you really have and um, for us in Newcastle to uh, be lucky enough to have you and Phil uh, come from your various areas and come to our area to umpire is a real treat. But thank you for everything that you've done for cricket and will continue to do. And we really appreciate your time tonight in our podcast. No worries, boys. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, really good. I'd like to do it again sometime. Open invitation, my friend. Definitely. For sure. Kieran, take care, mate. Look after yourself. Saundo, you look after yourself, little man. I'll catch up with you next week. Most definitely. Thank you. On behalf of Dan Saunders and our very special guest, Kieran Knight, my name's David Redden. I've hope you, we hope you've enjoyed uh, our Saunders and Redders winner series. We'll be back again next week. On behalf of Dan and Kieran, it's bye for now.